Welcome to This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Now is your chance to get caught up in all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now here's your host, Gene Destro. This week, we're starting a two-part series called Science Fiction Meets Science Fact, where we explore ideas outlined in popular books, TV shows, and even cartoons that already have or are making their way into real-world technology. Our featured guest today is Dr. John Nicholas, who is a professor of Computer Information Services, Cybersecurity, at the University of Akron. I called him after seeing a couple of really intriguing articles about a new kind of computer that's under development now, a quantum computer. If you don't know much about quantum physics, don't feel bad. Most people don't. And even those who do don't completely understand how it works yet. But what they do know is that at the subatomic quantum level, very strange things happen that one day soon will result in our being able to transmit information instantaneously between computers in a whole new, vastly more secure, and potentially unhackable way. Dr. John Nicholas tells us how. Quantum computing differs from computing as we know it now in one big way. The way we do computing now is you have bits, and a bit is either a one or a zero. It's either true or false, on or off. And so if you can imagine an array of light switches inside of a computer, those combinations of either lights on or lights off produce a result. And that can get us so far, but it doesn't take care of the gray area. Quantum computing can be a one or a zero or some sort of combination of true and false at the same time. So now you have essentially three possible states to keep it simple. And so the difference would be it becomes the, the exponents are now uh, become factors of three as opposed to factors of two. And, and quickly the combinations of security increase because of that. But isn't it also that the reason why it's more secure is not just because the possibilities have increased, but it's also because of the way that the information is transferred from place to place. As I understand it, there's also some teleportation involved. Right. That's a phenomenon known as quantum entanglement, which basically means that you can have two particles theoretically at any distance apart, and they are tied together because of the spin and the wiggle of the electrons. But when you change one, the other one is changed instantly, which is this sort of the phenomenon of quantum computing. So the information that is on one side is transferred immediately and exactly to that other area. What we have now is really an electrical version of the way that we've always transported information. When you send an email, those ones and zeros travel down the line or through the Wi-Fi and at any point can be intercepted. And so it's really just an electrical method of, let's say, you know, the Pony Express in a sense. But with quantum computing, that transfer is immediately between the two particles at different places. So there's no way to get in between those two particles and intercept that information. That sounds amazing. So let me ask you this. What does a quantum computer look like? And how is that connected? Because it's like you're not using a fiber optic network, you're using really the connection between electrons and I'm not even sure how that would look. On our end, the box would use the same, but what it would mean is inside your microprocessor, when you changed that one qubit that's inside of there, 
uh, correspondingly, the qubit to where you're sending it would also chain. And that is just through the physics phenomenon of, of quantum entanglement, which I don't think we really even understand. I think we're just beginning to be able to say, hey, we use this, we can control it now, and, and we can advance with it. But I, I really don't think anybody knows exactly how that works. So I've got my computer, I've got my little Mac or my Dell or whatever, and I'm just doing my thing. And so on my end, it looks the same, but actually in the cosmos somewhere, something is happening that we don't even really understand yet. And it just shows up on somebody else's computer then, right? That's basically it. I mean, it really, when you think about it, it's very Star Trekian um, in the way that they would just transport themselves from the Enterprise down to a planet. It would be very similar to that, except we'd be sending and sharing information just like we do with computers now. Awesome. So Scotty can just beam my email <laughs> to <Right>. wherever. <laughs> okay. Right. So Beam me an email. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So... As far as you know, what is the time frame for when we could go from our old-fashioned bits and bytes to this new world of quantum computing? Do we know? Does anybody have any kind of estimate or guesstimate on when that could become something real? We will see it during this next decade. I would say probably four or five years from now, we'll start to see it introduced as a commonplace product. I'm sure probably, like everything else, at the higher government installations where that level of security would be more important. And then it will filter down to businesses and the rest of us. But I would say by 2030, all of us will be using quantum computers. Well, that would be pretty cool. So the practical applications, besides obviously keeping us safer, let's say, from nuclear missiles you know, on the government side, but it could keep us safer in terms of like our credit cards and our emails not getting hacked and company secrets not being stolen, right? Once we get completely there, it will be a far more secure world. I think the concern we have is as we go through this transition right now, uh, quantum computers will be able to break our lower end encryption on our normal computers by 2023 and the higher end encryption in 2025. So while when we get there, it'll be safer, the transition may be a very dangerous time for all of us if we're not careful. Oh, wow. So what are we going to use in that interim time? Well, that is really going to require companies and security professionals to start preparing for that right now. And I would recommend any security professionals out there, if you haven't caught up on quantum computing, to do so. Because there are going to be quantum keys made available that will secure our machines against these attacks initially. So there will be a stopgap, but my guess is those will be probably very expensive and difficult to implement. So we should, as security professionals, start thinking about that right now. Okay, so... Are there any courses that people can take yet in quantum computing, or is this just something that's still so in the development stage that nobody's even teaching it yet? Yeah, this is still just now coming out of theoretical physics. It's really been the last four or five years that it's come down to any practical applications, and and what we're reading is really uh, just that, that, that tipping point that people are doing it in labs and in controlled situations. IBM has made some very low-level I think it's two or four qubit machines available to the public that you can get and start playing around with. But I would say where we are in quantum computing is probably equivalent to 1958 where we were with regular computers. But because we have faster technology now, it's going to come around to be implemented a lot faster than PCs were. This probably means that if the kind of computer education you have right now is all related to, like, let's just say, 
your typical networking and you know hooking computers up and doing that kind of stuff that's going to kind of be obsolete once quantum computing comes in right not necessarily because we're still at some point going to have to have some physical connection so so i don't think the way that that we're connecting computers together necessarily is going to change drastically and quickly what's going on inside of those computers will so from the application end, I think the transition will be more reasonable. I, I just think it's from the, the hardware and software end of it that things are going to grow pretty quickly. That was Dr. John Nicholas, Professor of Computer Information Services, Cybersecurity at the University of Akron. Tune in next week for part two of our series to learn about the connection between science fiction and patented inventions like submarines, cell phones, and even waterbeds. Thanks for listening. Please note this program is available on all your favorite podcast platforms. And if you enjoy it, please take a moment to rate it so we can make sure even more people will notice and enjoy it as well. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future programs, go to our website and fill in the questions and comments section under the latest edition of this program. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net. <laughs>